we have a surprise guest. So Luisa Neubau is something like the German greeter is in the audience. And I asked her before it would be possible to ask some spontaneous questions. So please welcome Luisa Neubauer. Thank you. Hi. She's a German activist in the Fridays for Future movement, and you see her all the time with Greta, who's also around. I think it's your first time in Davos. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I didn't plan to come here, but then I, yeah, things changed. Now I'm here. It's changed plans. Yeah. Uh, and you, you should have met a very important future head of state in the, this very minute, but the, the appointment didn't work. So it's great that you're here. Um, and she, so Luisa just very smartly declined an offer to join the supervisory board of Siemens Energy, as you may remember. So, uh, which Joe Kaser, who talked here two years ago, um, offered her. Um, so, do you? So, my most most important question. So, you you were in the Trump audience yesterday. I saw you there. Do you have the feeling that the people meeting in Davos? It's not about Trump only, but do you have the the people you meet? Are they really serious about? climate change it's doing something so they um, wow okay and um, that's a big question hmm. um, so what we hear a lot is um, people who, who walk around here they walk down the streets and say they say well done you everyone's talking about the climate you're so successful and now even uh, Siemens is talking about uh, <laughs> inviting people like me to join their board and um, that's nice, of course, but it kind of misinterprets our goals. Mm. Did we go on the streets to change the discourse? No. Did we go on the streets to actually change the way we, we deal with the world? Yes, and that's not happening. So it's nice that we see discourse change, of course, and you could obviously see it as a first step, but it's nothing more than that, really, and it's not the reason why we're doing all that we're doing. Mm. Um, so what we're seeing here, and that's really interesting, is that suddenly many people, not all of them obviously because we're also Trump, feel obliged op almost to talk about the climate and to confirm that they really you know, believe in it, which is kind of sweet actually because it's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done you. Um, and then they, they say they believe in the climate change and then they say they're really committed to Paris. Um, and uh, we see there is more of a sense that it's, it's, it's a standard now to... to appreciate the work that climate activists mm -hmm. do and so on and so on does that help not yet do i think it's authentic i think that's not to me to judge because what i hear is people now being in the spot that they feel like they have to point out their efforts in the climate crisis and you know what no matter if it's something they do for publicity or for a nice sustainability report or just because they felt it was no convenient time to mention that what we can do is we can take that as seriously as it gets and then expect actions. And I think that is the point where we're at now. Because in times where everything you say and you do gets reported, it allows us to come back to that. And this is, for instance, what we did with, with the Siemens case. Uh, we, it would have been difficult to ask Siemens to stop investing or to stop collaborating in the Adani mine in Australia, if Siemens wouldn't in the first place have claimed they want to be climate neutral and they love Paris and everything. But once they did it, we were the ones who could come up and be like, by the way, this doesn't add up. 
you can't claim to be climate champion and then invest in a coal mine that, you know, plans to, uh, to get coal from the ground for another 60 years. That, you know, that's math. It's, it doesn't work that way. And I think this is really what I, what we can get out of the Davos Forum. Mm. Other than that, it's a lot of, a lot of, um, very, um, nice words which still have to prove that there's anything more to that. So you have obviously a sense of urgency. So some companies are changing, Goldman Sachs is changing and BlackRock is changing and whatever. They, they really think hard about this, but it's not going fast enough. And so I ask the question again. So do we have, so all this multilateralism, which is the Davos thing, talking about things, finding compromises, is that the best system to solve all these problems? Is that a strange question? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. strange. Okay. But I, um, <laughs> um, Why? Well, obviously the climate crisis is a global crisis. It's a new crisis. It's a quality we've never seen before in any crisis before. Obviously, with a crisis that crosses borders, scientifically spoken, you need people to act to work together. So mm. that's, that's the only way we got. And obviously it doesn't work when you, kind of crawl together in your own country and then say you want to protect it while actually you're, you know, being part of this whole machinery that is fueling the crisis. It doesn't work that way. Mm. So yes, we do need very smart collaboration. We need very smart um, solidarity even because it's right now in a time also when some countries are more asked to act than others just because we share a burden but we have different resources. Uh, that's I find that obvious. Um, but here in, in Davos, I think the, the interesting question that is being raised is what is the role of industries, of companies, of investors in this whole game that used to be just politically? And um, it is not, in fact, because here we have uh, world economies meeting who are most of them part of the problem, if not even the problem, because it goes down to a fossil fueled economy that is fueling this crisis, did a very good job for 150 years for humanity, building all the wealth we now, or, or many of us can enjoy, at least in this room, I guess. But now it turns out the, the rules have changed. And suddenly all those economies, you know, fueling this crisis, are not just destroying the future of any economy, but destroying the future of my generation and of people all over the globe. Mm. So this is, I think, a question that's now on the table where, well, I think very few have found a solid answer yet. And it's nice that Larry Fink really thinks about it. And they're still the biggest investor in coal projects worldwide. So I think maybe thinking a bit harder would be nice. And then acting. <laughs> A personal question, last question. Um, so it's not easy if you are, in a way, attacked by politicians and CEOs all the time. So even Donald Trump, in a way, in an abstract way, dissed, dissed you or your kind of people. And I know that there's a lot of hate uh, on the net. How do you de deal with that? Um. Um. That's a very nice question of you to ask because it seems sometimes that people tend to forget that we are all humans. And You're humans. Yes, um, and some of us actually had other things to do before we decided it was time to act on climate. If you may allow, I would say um, on that question, actually we're good, I'm well, Greta is well, we're taking care of ourselves. I think 
we are okay with that. Um, but I would like to make a very short comment on the apocalyptic thing that Donald Trump raised, okay. because it was mentioned here earlier before. Yeah. And I think it's... Um, um, it, it really worries me because we t seem to be in a time where people who are scientists who talk about the real danger of the climate crisis, who refer to reports from the World Economic Forum, who point out the biggest risks in, in the world are right now climate catastrophes, that those people who point that out are called apocalyptic. And it doesn't make sense. It seems so irrational. It is irrational. Um, and I wished we found a more realistic way, a more rational way to deal with the crisis situation. And that is that we are on a point where irreversible chain reaction is, a, is starting already, where we're reaching crucial tipping points, and where we cannot talk about any plans for the future without taking into account that significant amounts of our resources, human resources, um, but also natural resources are destroyed to a level that human wealth on a completely new level is in danger. And um, I think this is, it, it, it drives me crazy hearing people like, not just Donald Trump, but it's really setting a discourse with that, pointing out that environmentalists and climate scientists and maybe even climate activists are doomers and apocalyptics and the ones who raise panic while we need rationality to sink into a point that we agree at least on the fact that it's, the risk has never been higher before than today. The risk is as high as scientists say it has been when they were about to drop nuclear bombs. This is where we are. This is not being apocalyptic but realistic. And now we need all those people with the very rational minds and the, all the facts and figures and economic feelings in there had to act on this accordingly. Not doing that, that's irrational. Thank you very much. <laughs>